Chris Hahn here on the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. We don't just talk about progressive politics. We tell you how to win because that's what being an aggressive progressive is. Check us out every Tuesday. New episodes on Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't miss a week. The Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. Listening to Bigfoot and Beyond, featuring the Lennon and McCartney of Bigfoot, the other arguably Harrison and Star, Cliff and Bobo. You know how um, if you walk the same path off trail in the woods, you very often end up taking the same path, literally? Right. Yeah, you basically take the path of least resistance according to your own brain, right? I, th- I think that you can do that with other people as well. So if you're wandering around off trail and you think you're going to, you know, pushing the envelope and going to places where people don't go, you might just be following the path of least resistance for your species, for, for humans, you know, and ending up at a place where somebody else who was walking off trail um, ended up. They've done studies on that, and all mammals choose the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. It's like when you walk on the beach, you're not really paying attention. You know, like there's wave slope and then the dunes, and you'll notice that the tracks are usually congregated in a few spots, like the where people are walking. You know, and they've got hundred yard wide beach to walk, but they're walking the same. Like it's just a little bit flat. Like you, 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 you're probably not even conscious of it. But, yeah, I, I would think that we wouldn't be. You know, it's just a species thing, and also that that would be a species centric. Um, study as well, because what's easy for a human may not be easy for, you know, a cat or a Sasquatch for that matter. And in fact, I've often thought that our problem um, with getting, say, like trail camera pictures of Sasquatches or something like that is because we are so species bound in everything that we do that we are going to the place of least resistance for us. We are sitting down or traveling in places that are easy for us, that makes sense to us. Um, but Sasquatches aren't people, and um, they may be people-like, but they're not humans at all, not even close, really. And they would be taking paths or looking at things in their own way, um, because what's easy for them is, you know, it was next to impossible for us, probably. Um, and maybe their pathways, their, maybe their travel routes um, that they they use frequently that we could actually get a game camera picture from are just things that would never even occur to us. Right. Well, that, that night when we were filming that Operation Night Scream video with John Freitas, for those of you who haven't seen, it's a kind of a classic DVD. A lot of people, before there was, you know, much stuff on the web and uh, a lot of TV shows and stuff. There was a yeah, few, what was that, like 93 or something like that? No, no, no. It was like, I think it was, no, it was like 2003, I think. Really? Okay. Well, gosh, that whole decade off, yeah. Might have been 2001. I, I can't remember, but it was a while ago, yeah. And when that thing, the giant one walked, when the, the huge one walked by my truck, when I closed my eyes and pulled my sleep bag over my head, when I heard this huge thing walking, I just saw a giant black mass coming down. But I, just, I couldn't see any shape or anything. It was just this giant black mass walking next to my truck. It turned and it snapped the biggest tree break I've ever seen. It was a 11-inch oak. 
it snapped it and then went down almost a vertical cliff. Just you could hear it sliding down the hill, and it just like no per like I I went down there and measured the tree the next day, and you know that I went to, I went looking for that stump recently, and it's gone. It's it, I guess it just rotted away. Mm. It's hard to find that stuff too, though. You know? Oh, I knew right uh, where it was. Uh, okay. Rotted away though. That that's the tough one for me. Like it had to be removed or something because. Well, it probably slid. I mean, it probably slid because it's. Yeah, like you, a, you said it was ten inches. Eleven. Eleven inches. Yeah, I'm not sure that would rot away in the, like twenty years because I mean, uh, stumps from the PG site are still there. Yeah, you know? you're right. So it had it had to have just slid out. There's still some other tree. I'll show you. Uh, well, we don't go down there that much anymore, but. Or not, you, you don't come down here, but it's it's on the go road. Yeah, you know, I need to have a trip down there, man. I, I missed this year. I was pretty bummed about it. I, mean, I missed a lot of things this year because of the museum. But um, yeah, I need to set aside some time and go to Bluff this year at some point. I didn't get out there too much this year. Got it to myself though. A beautiful day. Well, two days we had it to ourselves. Me and um, my girlfriend. That was pretty rad. It was beautiful, awesome weather. The swimming hole. Some people put a little dam. The swimming hole was perfect, and I, I, I mean, I, I don't forget, but I, I do kind of forget how freaking cold that water is. <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Laos Camp, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gnarly there. That that is some cold water, man. Oh man, it's it's pretty invigorating. And then, uh, yeah, like uh, Rasta Glenn, you know, the I guess his online name is Brown Dwarf. Him and Rowdy and bunch of those guys were heading out there kip and uh yeah i was butt-ass naked down there because i didn't have anything to swim in so i was just down there nude and if they would have came like 45 minutes sooner they would have caught me down there just stark raven naked stark raven naked <laughs> <laughs> well you know pretty high up and i mean what are you about at that point it can't be more than like five or six miles from the absolute headwaters of bluff. Yeah, that's about, that's about right. Yeah. Hey, have you ever, how far up past the PG site? Have you uh, walked on bluff up to where it starts getting steep? Yeah. See, I've only gone up to scorpion. Well, I've gone past that, but that man, I haven't done that in at least God, more than 15 years, probably 20 years. I, I, I've often thought like, man, that's the spot to go. You know, if you were going to go do a solo or a small group trip or whatever off the grid somewhere and, you know, want to have a really good or, you know, better than average chance of encountering a Sasquatch at Bluff, you know, you could go to these other spots, you know, these these lakes and ponds and meadows and, you know, secret hidey holes and stuff, Laos Camp, et cetera. But I, I've often thought you walk like another two miles past the PG site on the on the creek. I mean, I, I can't think of anywhere that has higher potential than that. Not many people go up there. No, no. And it's got to be steep and it's, the water's clean. Like, it, I mean, how many people you think went there this year? Less than 10, certainly. I don't think I know anyone that's walked up in the last 15 years that far up. No, no. People go to Scorpion and that's about it because it's, you know, half a mile or something like that. Right. But, uh, I, I think Leiterman was going up there a little bit, but but I'd like to go up there and like push back in there, spend like three nights, you know, backpack up in there. Cause it's not a hard walk. It's just, you know, it's a flat walk, but that'd be cool. I think that's a good spot. Yeah. If it's dry, cause, um, the only place to sleep is on those, the, the couple of small sandbars. 
Oh, really? So it gets pretty steep and rocky on both sides? Yeah, there there wasn't like camping spots or like little meadows or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a, that's no man's land up there, man. I, I'd be surprised if more if if I I would really honestly be surprised if five people a year um, get up in that area. You can go you can go quite a ways, and it's still you know you know it's just not a bad walk. And then it starts starts it really starts to climb, and you get you know it's like you're walking bigger rocks and. A little hard to ambulate through there. Yeah, I bet. That's where to ambulate. I got remember when Moneymaker pulled that one on the Colbert report on that scientist and <laughs> Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I gotta call money again. We gotta get him on here. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Be good to I haven't caught up with him in a long time. It'd just be good to hang out with him for a little while. So this weekend I've got something to look forward to because you know, I was just whining a little while ago about not having enough days off. But um, Melissa, my wife, my lovely and talented wife, is going to go in and, uh, and, and woman the shop for me on Sunday because Connor, Connor Anderson um, from uh, Colorado Sasquatch is going to come out um, this weekend. And uh, Connor has been attending my, uh, my, my Sasquatch expeditions in Mount Hood National Forest for the last two years. And two years ago, not this past year, but the summer before, we it seems that we very likely got Sasquatch footage um, on the thermal imager. Now I haven't released it or anything like that because it's terrible. It's, you can't even you know you can see that it's two things, um, you know, and, and it could be people, could be Sasquatches. But the thing is, we don't think there were any people there. Um, long story short, we're at the spot that you know you went there too, Bubs. You know Lindsay Lake, and yeah. uh, we were sent we sent teams in staggered by about 250 yards or so and uh we kind of hunkered down etc and, and um connor and this woman named ariel were on one team and then my group was behind them by a good ways and at one point ariel turned around and she had a therm that didn't record at the time and uh she saw what she who she thought was me and this is an area that we we're getting knocks and whistles that very night so she thought she was looking at me and, and she go, oh, what is that? Oh, there's somebody else there with Cliff. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? And there were two people there. And then Connor turned and started recording. Now, Connor was using one of his TK scouts because I supply thermal imagers um, to my groups. And I have a bunch of TK scouts. And they don't have a really high resolution. Um, so Connor's TK scout was recording at the time. And he clearly saw two individuals there. And uh, you can see this on the film. And, or at least on the recording, rather. Um and then at one point, one of these people, so-called people, who she thought was me, bent over kind of close to the ground and ran off, darted off into the woods. You know, and Ariel just goes, well, Cliff's a weird guy, you know. And, you know, Cliff is a weird guy, but I'm not that weird. And But Connor um, observed all this, you know, and recorded a lot of it through his thermal imager. And it was only later did, that we realized that we don't think that was me. So, um Connor's going to come out this weekend because he's piecing together a short documentary about his, you know, film essentially. And he wants to do some recreations. So we're going to go out to the location this weekend and do some recreations um, and try to, you know, I guess, uh, you know, uh, solve the mystery of, of this strange piece of footage that he obtained at um, Lindsay Lake. And Lindsay Lake is good, 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 man. We daylight sightings. We had uh, whistle interactions. We've had knocks. We've had calls. We've had something yell "Hey!" in the middle of the day at us when we weren't, you know, like way off trail. We found footprints. Um, yeah, it's been really, really good. So, 
there's a very good possibility that something was there. So, but anyway, that's this weekend. So I finally am going to get out to the woods for the first time in a few months and I get to investigate some footage that was obtained on one of my trips. That's great. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to that. So it's going to be a big weekend for Cliff unless the weather sucks, in which case it's going to be a, a wet weekend for Cliff. I've gotten a few messages about how come we don't interview these big name guys on YouTube and I, I didn't even hear of any. The only one I recognize is the name Timber Giant. Yeah, see, I don't know, man. There's a couple of big uh, YouTube guys that I've never even heard of. And everybody else seems to know who they are, but I don't really pay attention, you know? That's what I said. I said, we're not, they said, why are we excluding them? And I'm like, we're not excluding. We just, there's so much junk on YouTube. I mean, for big, I'm sure I could learn something from some people, but I'm not going to sit there and go through the hundreds or thousands of YouTube channels to find someone that I, you know, is legit. No, man. I, you know, I'm at the museum 11 hours a day. Like who, who has the time to sit down and watch YouTube? I mean, I, I guess a lot of people have time to sit down and watch YouTube because I don't, um, I, I, I wake up, I'm at the shop by eight 30. I come home at six or seven or something, maybe eight. And you know, I have time to hang out with my wife, have some dinner and I kind of go to bed early. I, I don't, I, I just don't have the time to go exploring YouTube and to complicate matters, there's a lot of BS on the YouTube, man. I, I just, I, I just won't go there. Yeah, it never even occurs to me to go there to look, look people up and watch. YouTube. I mean, I've watched people have said, "You got to watch this. You got to watch this." And I watch it. I'm like, I'm not impressed. And a lot of those, some of the big name guys that are on YouTube that I met in person, I wasn't too impressed with in person. And some of it's just crap. Some of it's crap. I mean, I don't want to be like too poo pooey about the stuff, but some of it's just garbage. Like one of the channels, and I don't want to call anybody out, so I'm not going to say their name. That's not how I roll, man. I want I want to encourage everybody to do what they want to do. But there, there are these, you know, these 18 inch footprints in the snow, and blah blah blah, and they're walking next to them, and you could clearly see they were like 11 or 12 inch footprints that were obviously human. It's like okay, and everybody believes these guys and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh man, you know, put on your skepticals, as Ray Crow used to say. This is garbage. Right, right. Kind of, kind of poisoned me against a lot of people on YouTube, which is unfair. I admit, there's probably some good stuff, and I'm sure I can learn some stuff from people, like you said. But it, it I don't know. I'd rather put my nose in a book, or I kind of, I've got enough Bigfoot stuff going on. I can't even keep on top, uh, on top of things myself, man. I know. And the other thing is that it's pretty hard to watch just unedited footage. <laughs> oh, I know. Bobo, how many times a week do you get something like, "Hey, Cliff, check out this vocalization," and they send you like a 25 minute clip? <laughs> a lot. Yeah, and like I, I sure appreciate the the sentiment, but man, you got to tell me exactly where to look, or I'm not going to do it. I love bigfooting, but you know, looking at other people's stuff is a, is pretty hard. You know, sometimes. So I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's good people on there. I just don't have the time or the inclination to, to find out who they all are. And just people are asking me, how can we don't mention these people or even acknowledge them when? When they they're they're teaching tens of thousands of people, like I guess they get like, you know, hundreds of thousands of downloads and views, and they're like real real pot, like they're big name, they're big name people on on the internet. Yeah, yeah, and great. I'm I'm glad. Well, I, I can't say that. I, I I hope they're doing a great job. Is what I can say, because um, there's so many charlatans and bullshitters and just it, it is like. I don't know, man, this field is rife with people like that. So I, I just hope that people have a skeptical attitude 
and look at what these people are feeding them, you know, with, with more than one glance, I suppose, you know? Um, and, 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 and also, you know, let me say this, it's okay to be wrong. You know, these people aren't going to always be right. I'm not right all the time by any means, as long as they're being honest about it and using their head and using the left side of their brain instead of like my gut feeling is that this is right. You know, um, we don't need scientific analysis that is led by gut feeling. So as long as that's going on, then great, man, listen to these people. But you know, if they're, if they're just looking for, you know, clicks or something like that, maybe you should look somewhere else. I don't know. Right. Yeah. They don't want to like bad mouth anyone that I haven't seen their show or anything. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I can't badmouth anybody because I haven't seen anybody's shows. <laughs> yeah, but you know, some of these people, I, I'm astounded at the number of clips they dig up. That in itself is a feat to me because I, I can't imagine scouring YouTube or the internet to go analyze all these Bigfoot clips that you have to dig out of. You know, dig out of this. You know, out of the, out of the background of white noise that is the internet. Oh, Cliff, you know, we are talking about how we're both students of Bigfoot history. Yep. That was yep. pretty cool, that woman that showed up in uh, CryptidCon. I've been talking to her for a couple of years, and she wanted, she knew I was really into Bigfoot history stuff, and she came and showed up, and her father was a photographer that worked on the uh, that California magazine, and she brought the uh, photos and the letter that it's not going to be up in your museum. Yeah, yeah. Um, with... with uh... The photograph that's in John Green's book that was always attributed to Al Hodgson because it said photo courtesy of Al Hodgson. Well, Al didn't take the photo, apparently. He didn't, he didn't even take it at Bluff Creek. He took, um, the photo was taken at uh, Happy Camp in 1968 for a magazine called California Traveler. Um, I, I Actually, I, I started going on eBay looking for that particular um, um, edition of California Traveler to try to find it, but I have not been able to do so yet so i want to get a copy of that but that was pretty cool i mean that was a little bit of history solved right there and what she said was those prints were outside of her tent and that the two squashes came up and walked and mumbled and were jumbling around and really scared the hell out of them they screamed and yelled and the parents came out and those tracks were there in the morning yeah, I cannot wait to speak to her, you know, because you got a better story out of her than I did. Um, I, I got a little bit about, yeah, this is my dad's picture, but you got a little bit more of the background out of it than uh, I did. Yeah, she actually got to see the PG film shown by Roger Patterson, somewhere like Hay Fork or Weaverville, somewhere over there. He had a little premiere for the locals out there, and she actually got to see the film with Roger narrating it. Wow, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, they spent three months, three months the... The uh, magazine sent her father up there, and she was with them the whole time. So they just camped out for three months all around Bluff Creek, Happy Camp, Witchpeck, that, you know, Hoopa, that whole zone. Wow, man. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, a little piece of Bigfoot history landed in your lap there. That's, that's tremendous. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And I love it how people want these things. You know, she's like, hey, this could sit in a box in my house forever. But uh, it's so awesome how people want to share and preserve the history because so much Bigfoot, you know, so much Bigfoot history is lost over time. And there's a lot of really important things that people don't, don't think are important because they're not in it. You know, like uh, someone passes away and their wife or children get this stuff. They think it's all, they just thought the whole Bigfoot thing's a joke. They can't sell it for any money. So what good is it? Well, it's right. intellectually valuable. 
Well, they don't even think it to sell it because they don't think it's worthless. But some of that stuff, I'd buy it. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's historically valuable, not monetarily. You know, you can't like bring it to an auction and like have it you know go for anything unless there's a couple weirdos in the audience. Um, yeah, but that's a whole thing, man. They, like these these uh, collections are just disappearing, and that's a, a lot of the reason I've started the museum because I, I recognize that you know, especially as I you know face our own mortality. You know, I'm almost you know be 49 here in a month or so, and it's like holy shit, like this stuff is just going to go away. You know. And I, I can I can rattle off the names of five or six investigators that their collections ended up somewhere and they're just sitting in boxes, you know. Jim Huken, uh, Gordon Strassenberg, um, the people like that, you know. Like these these collections need to be rescued and, yeah. and and preserved because these people dedicated their life to a subject, and and they've collected data, they've written notes, they have personal correspondences, they have photographs, and all of these things will be thrown away unless the right person steps up and tries to take control of them and preserve them and catalog them. Yeah. Like Dave Pauletti's did with Ray Crow stuff, the track record he put on thumb drive. Now you can buy the whole collection, like 5,000 pages for yeah. 50 bucks. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that's a service. Like people might, you know, the, uh, the more shallow people, I believe, and I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm pointing fingers, but not at anybody in particular. The, the more shallow of us, um, the uh, of various people might say, "Oh, he's just trying to make a buck." No, he's covering his costs and sharing Bigfoot history for a small fee. You know, I don't think that's he's not. Gonna, Dave doesn't need your thirty or fifty bucks or whatever, man. He's doing just fine by himself. Um, he doesn't need that, but. You might need the information. You might find it interesting, and it's okay. I mean, you, you can't on one hand, you know, point fingers and say, "Oh man, he's just trying to make a buck," and on the other hand, say, "God bless America and capitalism." You can't have it both ways. So you know, step up to the plate or shut up. Um, and it's okay for Dave to make a little bit of money on Ray Crow's stuff because that little bit of money doesn't pay his mortgage, it doesn't pay a car payment. It might like buy him a meal. That's acceptable. He's paying to have that stuff professionally stored. Yeah, and he had to pay for the thing in the first place. Like, yeah, yeah, you know that really. I mean, since I do make a living on Bigfoot, you know, the the museum and stuff like that, or finding Bigfoot stuff, that has really be, begun to irk me over the years. And it's like because I am lucky enough, or Bobo for you for that matter, we're lucky enough to scratch a meager living on a subject that we love. We're trying to, you know, we're, our, our research or thoughts or whatever are belittled because of this. It's like, well, I don't know, man. If you love horses and you make a living on horses, do you think you're a sellout? You know, if you love vacuum cleaners and you sell those for a living, are you a sellout? I, I don't get it. I don't get it. This double standard that Bigfooters put up on this, you know? I do. I've, I've said that to a lot of people and they try to flick me grief about it. I'm like, dude, they say you're winning in life if you're doing what you love for a living. And I said... If we can get by doing Bigfoot stuff and people enjoy it and they're paying to come to the conferences and buy merchandise, like they enjoy it. They're getting, they're getting, they're getting enjoyment out of it and entertainment or whatever, some information. So what's, what's wrong with that all situation? Yeah. It's the American way. Yeah. The American way of, and we're lucky enough to do this, you know, to do something that we love and that we believe in on top of it. And I mean, dude, I mean, how many years did either one of us pay our dues you know, just bleeding money to follow our, our passions, uh, to get a little bit back at the end. So I don't know, man, that kind of okay. stuff kind of irks me. It's like a double standard. 
in in my yeah. opinion. Well, yeah. I tell you, like, I spent tens of thousands of dollars, plus all the time I could have been working and didn't work. Just I was just scraping by, just gas money, rent, and food, and that was about it. Just go out in the woods so I could go out there for weeks on end. And I didn't get paid, you know. So when I get, if I make some extra later on, is helping make up for all the time I spent where I was losing tons of money. Yeah, but yeah, people don't realize, man. Like all the break, like especially going to Bluff Creek in those areas, all the breaks you go through, transmissions, blown tires. It, there's there's definitely some cost. Yeah, any bigfooter worth his or her salt um, knows that this is an expensive expensive hobby to be into whether it's you know like you just mentioned like car troubles or gas money or gear or time off from work or whatever it is man it costs a ton of money and to get a little bit back at the end of the day isn't a sin okay folks that wraps up another edition of bigfoot beyond with cliff and bobo and if you enjoy what you hear please share spread the word we're looking to get some more viewers, listeners. We also are on YouTube. You can check us out there, Bigfoot and beyond. And until the next time we get together, keep it squatchy. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bigfoot and Beyond. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe to Bigfoot and Beyond wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bigfoot and Beyond Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bigfoot and Beyond, that's an N in the middle, and tweet us your thoughts and questions with the hashtag Bigfoot and Beyond. 